0: Had, had enough.
1: Well, you drove out there into the middle of nowhere and had some sort of loud verbal display challenging ET in general out oh, in the middle yeah, of nowhere. That's what
0: I was doing, I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was really kicked off when I was having this fit. I had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I had this fit. And at this moment, I said, okay. <laughs> He was a Louisiana man named Montaldo. Folks around called him Six Gun Joe. Worked with Icar, don't you know? Investigating UFO. Out for a drive with a gal one night, they stopped to check out the reporting site. When an alien lit right there on the ground, he commenced to throw in his weight around. Now, old Six Gun didn't take too kindly to that kind of thing, especially without Vaseline on it, you know, serious clothing. Well, Six Gun looked that critter right in the eye, and said, Any last wish before you die, you'll. Reached for his gun, quick as a twitch, and said, Fill your club, you son of a bitch. Now a legend spread across the land about this pistol waving man. But if you're from space or from Earth below, you don't give no lip to Six Gun joke. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my
2: To UFO Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Welcome to UFO Undercover, with your host, Joe Montaldo.
1: Well, how are everybody doing today? I hope everyone's having a great day here in October. You know, October's one of my favorite months. I always have a ball this time of year. I'm going to behave tonight. I haven't been torturing the host yet this year, but now that I'm back home and I'm not traveling for a while, I will be torturing the host with sound effects the rest of the holiday season. I can't help myself. Uh, but anyway, welcome to you off on the cover. I really do hope everyone's having a great morning, great evening, great afternoon, wherever you are. On our big beautiful blue planet You know we go out to every country in the world these days So <clears throat> this show's now now uh, Wait <clears throat> sorry guys I didn't mean to cough any else here This show is uh, 20 years old and You don't know, even have a mute button shame on me But it's 20 what is this 2022 So it's 22 years old um been around for a while before that i was hosting wake up usa ufo study and you know i also host the Centralist. i host a gray zone uh with um michelle deroche one of my favorite people and you know we have a a lot of fun just she does all the work i just yap she does she does no really and truly she does all the work um she really does get everything together for the shows and uh, make them good. I, all you can hear is reruns for this month uh, for October because we're all working and doing stuff throughout the month. So uh, it's easier for us to uh, just because we had a lot of good reruns. Uh, so it's just easier for us to play a rerun this time of the month and enjoy it. But UFO on the covers live for the rest of the year and uh, we should be enjoying ourselves and we'll have a lot to talk about through. There's just been a lot going on. A lot of UFO sightings. I mean, there's, they're all over. <laughs> what do you mean? abduction on (laughs) the cover see i don't don't think there'd be a good title we probably get arrested with a title like that no i'm just saying i'm not thinking that would be a real good title no but uh we're going to get into the subject matter in a few minutes just a lot of stuff i want to crisscross uh there are there have been a lot of ufo sightings now you know what's what's good what's not what's in between is hard to say because really and truly when you when you look at all the digital cameras out today it's just hard to say if it's real or if it's memory racks i mean it's just hard to say i mean when you look at it i mean it's easy to hoax stuff i mean truly truly easy to hoax stuff but i mean it's just so easy to hoax anything these days i mean look i can take my little camera out here my, my iphone 14 whatever i'm on now Oh no 13 to pro i'm not on iphone 14 yet because i think i'm switching back to samsung but that's another story uh anyway I, I can take it, take a picture of any any landscape out there. And I live on a Gulf Coast, so it's beautiful out here. I can go out at night, take a shot of the sky and the stars and the water, come home, upload it into my computer, because it's all high you it's H D. Well, everything's high digital and it's four K. So you just upload it. You take your other little picture matching the same thing, you slide it over, drop it on top of it, and wham bam, thank you, ma'am. Uh, you now have a, a folks a, a hoax picture and it's it's just a shame that it, it's it's that easy to hoax things now i mean it really is that easy to hoax things um oh, i'm in the studio doors so i to have to get up go ahead, and close it um anyway it's just so easy to hoax anything these days plus with drones drones make st- i mean geez I'm, thank god they weren't drones in the 50s and 60s it would have been ridiculous how many people would have been hoaxing and stuff uh, I mean I see a lot of good hoaxes that are drones, and you it's hard to tell. I mean, it really is. A lot of times you just can't tell. I mean, you just gotta go, well, I don't know, it's too good to be true. <laughs> Let's wait till it lands in some uh White House's front yard. That was a smart ass comment. Now shame on you. <clears throat> if it lands in in Washington, I, I don't know what to say. And we might not find out what it is. It might Just stop, man. I don't I'm not gonna read y'all's comments. Stop it. Um I, really? I mean if it landed in DC right now, I'm not sure if they know what it was. I'd, I'd be scared. I'd bless God, man. You mean Trump? He'd have cooked them for dinner. What are you talking about? Get out of here, man. Come on. <laughs> Get, stop. We're not even here to talk about all the time. Anyway, I just want to talk about a couple of UFO sightings. Y'all are just harassing the hell out of me tonight. Um, anyway. There's been a lot of weird stuff on the East coast, West coast, you know, in the middle of the country, the Gulf coast, just been a lot of stuff flying around in the skies. Now, how much of that is alien? Mm, That's the question, isn't it? It it really truly is the question. And let's close, let's close this off right now. But um, that is the question. And um, I'm not sure. I mean, most of it looks like it's probably garbage, faked, hoaxed. I mean, there's some good hoaxes, but if you take your time, if you've been out in in the skies enough, um, a lot of times you can really kind of tell a hoax when you see it. Uh, Things just seem to be out. So besides that, if you've listened to me even once, when I'm talking about UFOs, sorry, I don't know what's with my throat tonight. um, I, I tell you how to do it. Just make sure you get things in the picture. So if you're looking at the sky, so if there's a telephone pole to the left or some type of tower or a building or some grass, I mean, just get anything you can in the shot. The more stuff you get in the shot, the easier it is to judge height and distance. Yeah, if like the ones that sci-fi has picked up in my I've, I've taken some good shots along the Gulf Coast, So you'll see me when I zoom out. Well, you don't see me, but you see when you hear me talking. Uh, I'll zoom out and catch something over the water. So the last really good one, I caught it. I actually stopped to catch something else, but it went down behind the trees too fast. So I couldn't get it. So I was sitting there talking to my wife, and I looked out there, and I seen this thing. just just weird, right on the horizon, good ways out. So I got I got out the camera and started recording it. So I zoomed out, and I caught it, and you could see it was crazy looking. And then I slowly zoomed back, and as I did, you could start to see like there was a ship out on the horizon. And then it came in, and then you could see like the casinos off to the left. And all of a sudden, you could see the poles and the highways and where we were standing so I gave you an idea of how far this thing out. Plus, it was it was in the middle of the horizon, which suggests it was it was out a few miles, at least five, five, probably five to seven miles. Uh, but because it was below the cloud deck, which happened to be at five thousand feet that day, and if y'all want to know the cloud deck, you can usually get hold of the lo- local weather people. You can usually go online and find it uh, what the local cl- cloud deck is. We have it. We have the websites in our phones. I mean, well, now in our phones, but in, in our laptops as well, because. We carry that j and airport monitors. And the reason why is you can track all air traffic in live time in case y'all didn't know that. Yes, you can. And you can, you, most of them, you can go back up to one year to see what's flying. And it even shows military and, uh, and classified flights. It just doesn't tell you. Classified, it doesn't tell you what they are. It just gives you a, a number. But it gives you a, a taking off and a destination usually. Not always. It do not always give you a destination. But everybody else has to has to give you a takeoff and a destination and a flight description and a number and a whole nine yards. So you can find out what it is. So if, say if, so if you see this weird thing in the sky, you run over to J-Track, right, if it's high. You run over to J-Track, and you, you look and see what's tracking on the satellite. You go back a few minutes, go forward a few minutes. You don't see anything. You're like, okay, what's well, not a satellite? Uh, so you, you close that, pop up airport Monta, and you look up there and you see where you are, you can look on the, on the thing because it, it'll let you turn your computer to get the uh, longitude, latitude where you are, and it'll pick it up and look. Uh, and it'll basically give you anything that was flying in anywhere within like 20 miles of that area, anywhere within eye distance of the area. Um, and if there's nothing there, you're like, okay, well, whoa, wait a minute now. It's not j tracks, It's not that. doesn't look like it's nothing naturally occurring. Now, what the hell is this? So then you might actually have something worth looking at. You know, can you actually prove it's, it's extraterrestrial? No, it could be anything, but it doesn't. We can rule out those three things that it's not. It's not uh, anybody's airplanes flying around. It doesn't appear to be anything natural. You can't rule it out completely. Um, it's just when you when you get into these kind of things, you just want to give them as much information as you can. Uh, the more information you get, the better the investigator is, the more information you have, the better the conclusions going to be. Um, so... Just a word of advice, get out there, you know, and we always tell you too, if you can, you know, everybody has their digital cameras now, but um, bring an analog camera, get like a Kodak, one of them store ones with Kodak 400, if you can Kodak fast five, 800, I mean, um, ultra speed. So bring it out there with you uh, that way, if you're shooting it with the one camera, somebody else can be shooting with the other camera and yeah, both because it's a lot harder to hoax film than it is digital. Digital's easy to hoax. Film's a little takes a little bit more effort, and a lot of times you can find out if it has been hoaxed. So, uh, just another way to help back up whatever you're seeing, or not seeing, or think you're seeing, or whatever it could be out there in the world. I, I don't really know. Uh, Jamie, where the hell are you at? Oh, I don't see you. You're, well, you're not in the chat on LinkedIn. I mean, you're not. In, oh, okay, never mind. I see. Never mind. No, I didn't see it. <laughs> never mind. Uh, well, no, I didn't see you in this little chat thing on stream you are, but now I realize where you are. It took me a second to realize where you are. Uh, no, actually, we're going to be talking about, you know, how do you know you've been abducted? How do you know? Uh, I was just giving people reference for when they're doing sighting work to help their cells. You know, especially if you you can judge time and distance and height, it really does help to eliminate a lot of things. That leaves you with Wow, what the hell is this? Because you can tell it's under intelligent control. So if it's not us, then what is it? And if you can rule out all the uses, which you can do eventually, uh, you can do nowadays with laptops and and cell phones. You can do it almost instantaneously. <laughs> instantaneously, um, it's it's really makes UFO hunting more interesting. It also takes the fun out of some of it because you know some things you could see and wonder for days and weeks, and now you can look at it and go, oh no there was such and such flight headed to NASA. Damn. Or it was headed to Norfolk or somewhere like that. So, you know, it just, it, t- it takes the fun out of it. Friday nights. Yes. The central is yes. Uh, I'm way calmer. What are you talking about? No, indeed not. <laughs> Stop it. Actually, you know, somebody the other day was just bitching about how nice I've gotten in my old age. Mm. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. You think not, huh? Anyway, let's get to the subject at hand. Um, I get letters all the time and emails and stuff. And from time to time when I'm out traveling, somebody will come up to me and say, "Um, Am I being abducted? And I'm thinking, Well, you should know that more than I should, right? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Anyway, so I always ask them, You know, well, why do you think you might be being abducted? And you're like, well, and they'll go off with a list of different things. Sometimes it's a pretty good list, and sometimes you're kind of like, and that makes you think you're being abducted. Hmm. But some people really have this, this sixth, seventh sense about them that they know something's going on, they can sense it's going on, but they can't quite put their finger on it. So then usually what happens is, it starts to manifest in dreams usually dreams that are just out of the norm for your everyday dream scheme i guess is the best way to say it you know for the most part you really don't dream about things that you haven't seen or heard or picked up on now by saying that let me clarify some stuff you see a lot of stuff and your brain can meld faces together so just because you you, you may have not seen that particular scheme your, your mind may have put you know like overlaid two faces and now you have one uh, so you have to be careful with that kind of stuff because there's other things that can make you think, um, other states of shock, that can make you think or blame an extraterrestrial contact when it's not. So we really want to only make sure the people who have been contacted are, are really getting these the help they need, the things that we can do for them, things that any research or organization can do for them. Uh, we really want them to be able to get out there and and give these people help and, and help these people to give us help. And What I mean by that is... You know, each abductee and contactee has a piece of the puzzle. They may relate to an alien in a certain way. They may know something particular about an extraterrestrial that somebody else missed. Um, I mean, these days we got a lot of cases on file. Uh, and at one time, I mean, right now, currently, I think it's one hundred twenty-one thousand cases in the computer in the in the mainframe. And out of that, a hundred and two have been ind- ind- investigated by someone in the organization. Of course, the organization is 25 years old, <clears throat> 23 years old, sorry. And uh, at different times, we have different amounts of investigators. A lot of times, uh, we have quite a few. And in the early days, we, we kept, you know, 15, 16, no, not 15, 16 people. <laughs> no, usually it was about 150 to 200 investigators running around, and then another 1,000, 1,200 people doing other things. Um, and these days, like India right now is, is our biggest part of ICAR. It's much larger than the United States' share. Uh, there's about 1,600 members over there, 1,700 members. Uh, well, I'm going to put it this way. There's about 1,700 working members over there and about 6,000 members in general. Yeah, out of 1.2 billion people, yes, but still. Uh U.S. right now, we have probably about 5,000 members, 6,000 members. In, uh, somewhere around there worldwide, somewhere in the 50, 60, maybe maybe, maybe 65,000 members. Uh, it goes up and down. <clears throat> it does. It It, it varies. Uh, the highest I've ever seen it was 125. The lowest I've ever seen it was about 20,000. So yeah, so somewhere around 65 right now. But those are those are a lot of those members are in name only. Me, what I mean by that is, is they pay attention to what's going on. And hold on a second. Sorry, that was the alarm system going off. Yes, how you like that alarm system, huh? Yes. I had to get somebody in the front studio to turn off the alarm system. I'll <laughs> just give you a hard of time. Um, but when people come to me, a lot of times they're like, Joe, I, I get this weird this weird feeling, this, this sense of an, another me or something else that's going on or another life or I've seen people or I know people or I sense people that I don't know here but i know these people just as well as i know people here but I, but i don't know where they are and it's weird because people and i mean these people are very serious when they're telling me they still give me descriptions of the individuals they're talking about the way they dress the way they talk the way they act if they've got accents or not it's a very strange thing and what's even stranger because when we travel as a group when i travels as a group which we haven't done in about five or six years i don't know about eight years actually now uh when we do a lot of these contactees come in to meet people and talk and they'll recognize each other. It's just so crazy to see this. And I've seen it at least a hundred times now. Um, it's freaky. Uh, I mean, these people, like instantly recognize each other, but they don't know each other in, in this life, but they do know each other. So it's, it's strange. And I know a lot. And when you sit at the table with them and you listen to them talk to I me, mean, these, these are like people who have been friends for 20 or 30 years, uh, that really, really know each other intimately. It's, it's, it's strange. Um, And it's crazy, but it also shows that there's something going on there that isn't from within this life cycle or inside of our everyday state of being. You know, when you're on board the ship, I guess it's different. Time works differently there anyway. Um, You can live weeks there for only days that pass here. Sometimes it can be hours and two or three weeks will pass there. I have no idea how, how they manage time or even how time operates for them. Uh, It does not operate the way it works for us, obviously. And we've got lots of examples of that over the years, you know. Yeah, people being gone for six or seven hours, coming back with three weeks worth of hair growth. Uh, (laughs) Just weird stuff, you know. Oh, or people who will be gone like four hours and come back with like two months worth of memories and you're just sitting there listening and they're just, talking and talking and talking and just, just information. You got to turn the mic, you got to have it recorded because you're not going to catch even a quarter of what you're saying. It's just to just talk and it just like pouring out of them. It's it's almost like a faucet that you can't turn off. Um, and hypnosis, that's why a lot of times when we do hypnosis, we do a closing session at the end, which, um, just helps you not, uh, to keep that flowing. And some people want it to flow because they, they just want to try to get it out, whatever it is, but it can be, you know disabilitating in some ways distracting in other ways it just depends on on who you are what you are what kind of person you are how you deal with this and cope with this but but a good just just a couple of days ago a friend of mine writes to me she lives out in california and she writes to me and she goes joe you know, i've been listening to you talk for years and years and you know she goes i always thought you were a crazy bastard which just cracks me up and um she goes but you know, I've been having these dreams. She said, and there's some reason I want to listen to you. And there's some, some reason that I'm attracted to what y'all do. And I was like, well, and so she started telling me about her dreams and I was like, "Mm, very interesting. And she starts going on and on and on about her dreams. And I, I, you know, for me, it's kind of like, it's, it's like keyword or alphabet soup or something. It's when I'm listening, I'm listening to everything they're saying, because I'm listening for the details, but I'm also listening for things that I've heard other contactees say <clears throat> and what's interesting about it is sometimes a contactee will say almost word for word identically what this one is saying it creeps me out sometimes um it's really weird but it also says uh that there is something again going on with these individuals outside of this life cycle um a good friend of mine who's a, who's a southern preacher down here he runs a, a Actually, he's not even down here anymore. He's in the Heartland. He runs like a big chunk of the United States, his Baptist church. And I've been knowing this guy for, I don't know, 20, 25 years. He goes, his handle online is Southern Cross. And he's a very interesting gentleman. He's a very holy man, very religious guy. But he pleases extraterrestrials. Not because, he didn't when he met me. He he was, <laughs> all I can say is a big pain in my ass is what he was. Him and the bad astronomer used to drive me crazy. But Fortunately for me, I can defend myself. Um but over the years of listening and the things he's seen and things that are told him to expect or happen and how our society was going to change accordingly because of this stuff, um, for him, it's hard to deny it now because he's, he's actually watched it unfold in front of us, uh, which is amazing to him. He's not the only one. I, I know quite a few religious people now that are pretty much hard believers in extraterrestrial life. And I've talked about my interaction with the Monsignor Balducci and the, uh, the astronomer from Vatican City and two other people from Vatican City One was a cardinal and one was a um, oh, I can't remember what he was now But all of four of them told me the same thing It's just um, They believe that extraterrestrials do exist And that they're on a higher spiritual level Than we are First time I heard that i like to fell out my chair Paula Harris Was translating uh, From Monsignor Balducci And myself Because we were, we were having this conversation and he just, he just, he just said it, and I said, "Are you sure that's what he said?" Because I, you know, I don't speak any Italian. Yes, I am Italian, but I don't speak Italian. <laughs> and, and and he must have understood that part because he repeated it, and I was like, "No, get away!" I just, it just came out of my mouth. <laughs> it falls. I can't say it like that. I'm laughing, but I was like, I just, I wasn't. I got to be totally honest. I was not expecting that. I was expecting him to say that, yes, the Vatican does know that there is extraterrestrial life and has known for a long time. That is something I learned a long time ago, but, but this, I wasn't expecting this. <clears throat> so that's why when I got to meet the astronomer back in, Oh God, it's like ninety eight, ninety, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere mid to late nineties, I got to meet him. And, um, I was in D.C. actually. It might have even been like 2009 or 2010. Uh, I was up going at one of Stephen Bessett's things and uh, the um, X Conference. And I think it was the last one, actually. And I met this guy, and I was like, we got to talk. And he wasn't even there for that. He was there for something else. And we got to talk, and, and, I, and I just asked him. Actually, I didn't ask him. I told him what the Monsignor told me. And, and he just said, yes, that's essentially what we think. He said, you know, if you're millions or billions of years old and thus you have to be closer to God, you have to have a better one. He said, either going to be way on the other end, like the demon or something, or you're going to have to be spiritually closer. And I was like, you know, okay, I'm not exactly sure how that logic works, but hey, <clears throat> I was surprised and it coughed me off guard. And then I was in Atlanta, Georgia in 2012, and I was introduced to a cardinal there at a at – a, uh, um the hell you calling you know when everybody's going around to get money (laughs) give me some money give me some money i'm sorry my brain just went but uh anyway i met him there and uh, i was i was sitting there with a friend of mine talking and he had came and sat down uh next to her and started talking to her and we were just chit-chatting and and she looked over at him and said "You, you know my friend here believes that aliens are real and I said, why'd you have to go say that? You know, come on, it's a nice dinner party. You know, everybody paid big money to be here. I'm thinking, oh, no. And I just figured he's going to go off on me, right? Because you never know where this is going to go. Because you're not not everybody actually probably knows what the Vatican believes, even in the church. And uh, he they said, no, no, no. And he just goes on about how it's essentially true that the, the Vatican does believe that uh, extraterrestrials are on a higher spiritual level than us. Now, they're not saying every extraterrestrial, so... I don't know if they know particular ones that are, or maybe some kind of interaction in the past. Not exactly sure where that comes from, but so far I've had four people in pretty decent positions um, in the Vatican tell me uh, directly from the Vatican, tell me that uh, they believe that they have a higher interaction. And recently it was put to the Pope and Pope said, yes, it would be God's creatures too. So he didn't even try to make fun of it. He was a Jesuit too. I was surprised like, Oh no, yeah, don't forget it y'all are in. This is us. No, but he wasn't. So I was, I was, I was just, you know, kind of surprised. So it really just helps now for this to be more accepted. You know, people still don't want to talk to people who said they've been abducted by aliens. It still has a stigma to, you know, I, I used to say all the time, it's like coming out of the closet. Um, when you're an abductee and you're coming in the public, it's hard to deal with. I mean, if you got to work for a company or work for a group coming out and, and saying in public, Hey, um, you know, I've been abducted by aliens, it, it can make you, well, like I said, it's a stigma. So a lot of people just don't want to go there. They, they they would just rather keep it private. And it's hard to trust an organization to keep it private. You know, some organizations, I'm not going to mention any names, have problems keeping things private. Sometimes really good experiences turn into books. Yes, that the person don't get any money from, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's just sad. Uh, but it's happened a lot over the years. I've seen it, I've seen it more than a dozen or so times where Someone took their 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 contact experience to an organization, and it ended up into a book that the contactee didn't get anything out of. You know that that's just just really and, and truly pathetic, is what that is. But the experiences are out there, uh, and we need to keep it going like that. So it's um, when we go across all the way across. Which I'm sorry, when we change directions across to go to the opposite side of this for a minute. So. Some people, when they hear that someone's been abducted or contacted, uh, instantly get angry, instantly get mad. Like, it can't be, and I hate you, and, and it's not true, and it's, you're evil, and blah, 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 blah. Excuse me. You know, I'm like, really? Why? Why does it have to be demonic if someone's being taken? I don't understand that. See, when people tell me shit like this, it aggravates me because really, I would think Satan had more and better things to do than fly around in spaceships uh, screwing with people because it's not that large of a segment of... Po- it would be one thing if everybody a damn planet was having this experience. And i say, okay, well, you know, maybe he's he's got a plan, but it's not that large of a segment of the population. And they're not angry against society. It's not like they want to go out and kill anybody or destroy anything. They're usually people that tend to get enlightened over the years. Uh, in a in a in a much better way, uh, and they become they move away from being religious and become spiritual. Uh, so it's it's you know it's a different kind of folks. Now there are these people who go a little overboard with the spirituality, which I'm not hating. I know y'all are all looking for your extra seat on wherever we're going on the other side, but you know sometimes it can be Disabilitating in this life. And I imagine when you get on the other side, you are judged by how you do things over here. So just keep that in mind when you're you know. <laughs> I'm being serious. Well, my, actually, if, if you, if you get displaced, hold on, let me fix this. If you get displaced so you find yourself like apart from someone, that means you were picked up and put back. It's not even that they pushed you. They usually just zap you and then zap you back. The problem is, is, is the way time works in the way time works here. You could have been up there 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes and then put back as far as your little brain worked. And I don't mean this in a bad way, not about your brain. It's just we're humans. Um, our brains are like, okay, well, nothing really happened. It was just like a flash or uh, or a puff or what the hell, uh, some kind of weird shit pushing me around, air. And then our minds have a tendency to grasp onto things. Um, like there could be a dirt devil involved that became something else, um, or our brain or, or look at something like a blur i don't know how to explain it. it's like a blur in the air movement like like you can see the air but it looks like the air is moving uh maybe there's some kind of coloration into it or something but it seems to be moving in some kind of way uh we can turn that into a lot of things and a lot of times it's exactly what we saw and a lot of times it's not and how the hell do we know which one is which well usually when people are sober and not on drugs it's usually the latter the later the latter sorry um it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just seen that comment um, Anyway, I apologize All angels are extraterrestrials Well, I can go with that, Justin Look, you know What is the definition of an angel? What is the de- definition of extraterrestrial? So, if you ever get a chance to read Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, you'll notice He talks about fair-headed Blue-eyed angels who used to come talk to him In the middle of the night Yes So, knowing just cracks me up because The description of a human-type alien is fair-haired, blonde-skinned, blue-eyed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, angelic-like beings with uh, larger heads. I don't know. Are they angels? Are they extraterrestrials? Hell, I wasn't there. I don't know. I don't even want to speculate because I I really don't know. Uh, Well, my problem with all of this is, is we can only judge shit by what we know. So, two thousand years ago, you seen some some guy performing what looked like miracles, but today those miracles can be reproduced by man. So, are they really miracles, or were they something else? That that's always been the problem. And that's not just that doesn't just work for when we talk about Jesus. That works for all the gods and past gods. Uh, we don't know. I would imagine the Roman and Greek gods are probably the same gods, and they were probably freaking extraterrestrials. I would put even money on that. I mean, they they just sound like they are. Uh, It depends what religion you believe in. And and I'll say this, like I say, and I said this, if I had a dollar for every time I said this, I could could be a wealthy man. Um, I personally tell people, if it makes you feel as snug as a bug in the rug, then you should stick with it. If it gives you that sense of like something's wrapped around you and keeping you safe, you should stick with it, whatever it is. Uh, I'm not, I'm not hating. I mean, it's a hard feeling to find. Well, first of all, I'm not exactly a little guy, so I'd have to be like some monster thing (laughs) wrapping around me and stuff. But getting back to the, while we're here, when these abductees come to me or contactees come to me or anybody in the organization or in behalf of anybody we know who sends us people, which quite a few people do, um, it's, it's a scary kind of feeling when you meet one that you know is real, that this is really going on in their life, and they're just grasping for anything. They're really truly not wanting to know what this is. They they do, but they don't, because once they know it's an alien abduction, then they have to come to terms with it. And how do you deal with it? I mean, how do you how do you wake up in the morning and go to work or feed the kids or uh, watch your television? Do anything. How do you do anything After you know someone just took you for how many ever hours or how many ever days, and then God knows whatever to you, and then put you back. How do you deal with that? How do you cope with that? What is the coping mechanism for that? Friends, family, other people who have had this happen. Yeah, it's like AA, like Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, You need a coping mechanism. You need help. You need friends. You need people who understand. I got involved with this and I'm not going to lie. I got involved with this because I thought these people were batshit crazy. Yeah. The first person who told me they had been abducted by aliens, I looked at them like, (laughs) gee, whatever. And I was like 19 at the time or 20. I was, I was, um, I was in the military, but you know, by the way, everybody I met in the military, all the pilots I met in the military, all the pilots I met in the military had seen a UFO. Uh, They used to talk about it in the launch acts all the time, which I thought was interesting. But you know I was, I was 18 what did i give a shit i was busy doing other stuff in life um i'm back on leave i'm 20 and um it's around the time i met my wife actually and <laughs> this 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 woman i know who's uh runs she was used to be a politician uh, and was getting ready to become a politician again she owned a big dental group and uh, she was friends with my mom and uh, she was running and she was winning and which is, I'm just sitting there, and you know, I've been known this this woman since I was like 12. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm 20 and I'm good looking, you know, I'm Navy, I'm rippling muscle. And we start talking, and she said, You know, you kind of remind me of one of the human guys with the big arms that hold me down when this goes on. And I just, first off, I looked at this woman like, Are you kidding me? Really? I, I don't know her from Beans. I mean, I, I mean, I know her from being, but I, I didn't know this from being, I, I just, you know, I mean, I, I've been knowing this when She used to come to Christmas parties and dinners and uh, <clears throat> all sorts of stuff. She did all my dental work. I was like, okay. And then she goes into detail I, and I didn't, I didn't, I think she just needed some way to vent, but um, I didn't even know what to say. And and I didn't want to say she was batshit crazy because my mom, my mom would have batshit crazy me up a while, even though, you know, it's was like four times her size. it wouldn't have mattered. That's my friend. I can just hear it now. But, um, so I said, well, I said, is there any way to prove it? She's like, no, I, I've tried. I've tried. And I said, well, give me some ideas of how it takes place. And, And then she talked me and then, you know, whatever was going on at the night, that the party that night, everybody went their ways. And I went back to, uh, the Navy and I come home. Um, I'm getting out for reserve duty. I'm getting out. And I'm going to a party with uh, some friends of mine. And she's there with some friends of theirs. And she comes up and she says, hey, can I talk to you again? So I go sit down and we're talking. And um, she starts telling me about some other things that have happened to her. Now, this is the truth. My friends thought I was making time with this woman because she's a very attractive woman. I'm thinking, how can I get away from this woman? (laughs) I'm not even kidding y'all. So I'm like, like, okay, now I got to get away. So anyway, she tells me quite a, a lot of interesting stories. And the whole time I'm thinking, you know, if this gets out, her career's ruined. She's in office now. And I'm thinking, wow, I mean, she just, she'd be out of office, probably in the bankrupt, laughing stock of the city. Why would she tell me this? And why, mind me? So about three weeks later, I'm up in the city, uptown New Orleans. And I was going by a friend of mine's house who they were having some kind of art gathering, which I hated going to but he was a friend and he was whining. And he, you gotta come, you gotta come, you gotta come, you gotta come. So I'm like, all right, yeah, sounds boring to me. And I, uh, well, you know, I grew up hunting and fishing and stuff like that. So it was, it's a little hard sometimes to just sit around and just <laughs> look at art. I, mean, I like art and I like to see art, but sometimes I just don't want to sit and watch boring art. Some art's entertaining, some art is like, oh my God. Uh, but anyway, so we get there <clears throat> and we talk and we talk. So he introduces me to his new wife. A very beautiful, very, very elegant woman. I'm thinking, damn, did you get lucky, boy? And, uh, you know, and I think it's 21 at the time, and um, and I'm thinking, damn, this boy got lucky. He's got a good career going. I'm thinking, oh, man. And, uh, we're talking, and she says, have you, have you ever heard anybody say anything about alien abductions? I'm like, what the? I did, I almost bit my lip. And I'm like, and I, I wanted to say yes, the other side of me said Joe don't go there and um I said well I've heard stories and blah, blah, and that was it she she spent the next hour telling me about this which what caught my attention it sounded a lot like the other lady Carol who told me this the reason I'm telling y'all I is, is I want to give you a basis for where our data started out with there with these groups and what move on is where all this started at for me which was Way long and not even want to admit to how long ago it was. But way long and I've been on radio, I can tell you that. And um, so, I'm talking to a friend of mine. I'm like, why does this keep happening to me? So, we're out in the club. We're, out. we're getting drunk, snot-faced, shit-faced. Um, we got reserve duty coming up in a day. So, we are just getting ripped. And uh, meet this girl. We're talking, just chit-chatting. And I'm not kidding you. I'm not I'm kidding you. Ten minutes in a conversation, she starts telling me about. Have you ever heard about anybody being alien abducted? Do you think I'm crazy because it could have happened to me? Now I'm thinking, mm, don't want to go here with this girl or not? Because first off, I was thinking was she hot, uh, but uh, it just it just threw me off completely. I didn't even know what to think about it. So then I said, "Are oh, you know what?" I went home. The next one I got I start. I started talking to some of my friends. I said, I'm, I'm going to start looking into this. But lo and behold, was I a dumbass because here I am, how many of them millions of years later still looking into it. Um, the more questions and the more people I met, the more questions I had. The more answers I got, which just led to more questions. Now, I mean, some of the answers were satis- satisfying, but, but they still led to more questions. So question one, how do you know you're being taken by aliens? Well, you got to prove it to yourself or you have to wake up in the middle of a contact. So first, you know what a waking dream is. You got to separate and understand that you can wake yourself up out of a dream. You can wake yourself up out of sound sleep. So you have to teach yourself to, to, to whatever it is that sets you off. Something touching your arm, something touching your leg, something foreign to your body, uh, something that feels intrusive. This is for men or women, by the way. Um, You just, you have to focus on those to see if you can trace it back to its source. Um, If you feel something cold or wet or tacky or whatever, squeezing on your arm or something, you want to be able to concentrate on it. You want to see if you can see it. You want to see if you can sense or smell anything, hear anything. You want to track down every bit and piece of information just from that one squeeze that you can because each one of these pieces will help you to understand that something happened to you. The other thing about coming public is there's always a chance that you could get military abducted, and we'll talk about that in a little while. But getting back to the, the sensory parts of this, so for most 75 85% abductees uh, who are now contactees, it starts out in their dreams. Sometimes it's even almost a waking dream, like you're walking through your house and it's, it's almost like a you see something. You're, you even kind of feel like you're somewhere else for a moment. Uh, it's a very weird thing for people, but still they, they sense this. And, and it usually though, you, you start to see it in your dreams and the dream part, certain things manifest. Okay. To a, a lot of the seventies, eighties, and even mid nineties. So any, a lot of the women who would go see the gynecologist would write to us afterwards because the, 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 the chair, the stirrup chair flipped them out, completely flipped them out uh, because wherever they were being taken to there was a chair like it there. It was a, actually it had eight chairs. It was a a round thing with eight chairs, but um, now a lot of times when I get descriptions of these, they sound like they're stainless steel or metal, which suggests that there may be ET involved, but the technology seems to be ours because the other three races don't really use like stainless steel. It's, they use different types of stuff. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, they all use something different to be honest with you. Uh, the greys have the way they do it. The reptilians have the way they do it. And the humans have the way they do it, which the Grey, the reptilian human, it's actually abduction criteria, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we told everybody about how the Grey did it. So, but anyway, it, it, it seems like sometimes there will be um, aliens there or the redheaded doctor will be there, which is a show by itself. Um, the redheaded doctor is, is manifest in so many people's dreams, it's, it's not even funny. Uh, a lot of these exams are performed. It's he, he, it, whatever you want to call it, sounds like a hybrid uh, of some sort. I'm not even sure what sort it is because a lot of times it has a mask on its face, uh, of course, which would mean nothing in today's society, right, with COVID. Uh, but still, it's, it's creepy, weird. Um, he does gynecological exams. He checks for the baby sometimes. They'll remove the baby and and deposit the baby somewhere else. Or sometimes when it's first, uh, whether the first four or five weeks, they'll actually take the baby out of the mother's womb and put it back. Technology far beyond anything we have. They can try to alter it. But sometimes the hybrid uh, is too much of a hybrid, and it can't be allowed into human society. See, they're actually breeding what we would call host bodies or husk bodies. Hus for, uh, hus for the contactees that are being taken for whatever reasons. The ones that have death contracts, I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, death contract is when you die, they come retrieve the your soul, your essence, your energies, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the plasma that is you, uh, the electricity that is you. Whatever it is, they have the ability to upload your consciousness into a new body, your full consciousness. Uh, of course, they've been doing it for millions of years, but... Um, It's something they can do for us now. And the host bodies, of course, are upgraded bodies from the ones we have now. So, I mean, you hear about these all the time, and and, and a lot in the 80s, late 70s through all the 80s, you kept hearing about these ships with rows and rows and rows and rows of these bodies. Yeah, well, oh, you mean why why don't we hear about them? Because the ships are being used now. Yeah, well, a lot of these people have died or passed on, so uh, some of those ships may have been filled and moved out you know that's a good question and we don't know some of them we think uh, when their consciousness is uploaded it's instant and they're awake and doing whatever some of them probably are in uh, held and they don't even have to keep the consciousness in the body they can keep it separate they can even put it like in a holodeck or something like that or they can just keep it in storage um i know it kind of bites you know but they do seem to have the ability to do all of this uh but for some reason these humans these are humans they want to keep Um, they want to use in the future, in their future, not our future. Well, a lot of them will be together. There will probably be colonies of humans in several locations, Uh, but some of them are going to be for whatever they're being designed to be used for. Well, some humans show different aptitudes for different things while on board the ships. You know, the way people become keepers or communicators or things along that line for the aliens is because somewhere in their 30s, usually, or, or in their late 20s, they showed an aptitude that, first off, they could understand a lot of what was going on around them. And secondly, they weren't sh- crazy scared every time they saw an extraterrestrial. A lot of them took to the helping the children. A lot of them took to the helping other contactees. Those are keepers. They work on board the ships and help all the transits, all the people, all the migrants, all the people coming in and out of the craft, uh, all the people who have been taken, whatever age group they may be. Uh, that's their job. And then there's the communicators and other people that are out there making people aware that they are here. But let me explain. They're not out there trying to make the average Joe understand this. They're out there looking for other contactees. Yes. You know, this is a little bit on the arrogant side, a little on the rude side, but they're not really, they don't really care about people who are not contactees because these are family groups. These are people who, whenever this happened, started way back, thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of years ago. Nobody knows for sure, but whenever this started, or whatever the original hundred thousand or million or five million people were that originally abducted, these are family lines from them. Uh, so the further you go back, the more of them they are today. So those, they abducted in the family lines, they don't just take somebody randomly off the street for no reason one time. they don't. There's no such thing as a one-time abduction. These start at, at usually pre-birth and run until death. And, and in some cases, like we just said, after death. And not everybody's taking all the time. Some abductees, for some reason, another in their late 20s or early 30s, they get stop getting abducted. Unless they have children. And, and then they still don't get abducted other than when they're coming to get the kid. Um, yeah, because that's all they're after as a kids. Yeah, it pisses you off knowing they're taking your kid, but still. Uh, but, you know, some people just or not needed, or not that generation is not what they're looking for. Whatever it is they're doing, they, they have lots of time to do it, and they seem to have been doing it for a long time. So these generations keep you know rolling over each other and rolling over each other and rolling over each other. And what's re- really strange about that is so gray abductees and human abductees and reptilian abductees, all these children have now started interbreeding with each other. So a gray abductee's child may be sleeping with a reptilian, They may have a child which may be sleeping with a human, that human may have a child which may sleep with a gray, and so on and so forth. So we don't even know what they're breeding here anymore. I don't even think they know what they're breeding anymore. I just think they know that it's going to be fascinating in the long run. They're just hoping it's not something that's going to wipe them out of existence. Well, it seems like originally humans were created as a slavery. So if you go back what the Sumerians talk about, um, and the reptilians talk about the human aliens talk about. Then it seems like the human race was a slave race. It was created to help mine and, and do things on the planet and get things ready to be transported and stuff like that. Um, the humans created them, or what they seven creations of man according to the Sumerians, with the last creation being like our distant cousins. They weren't sentient in the way we are, so it's a, it's a different thing. They were sentient in a different way. But anyway, um, those people forward, you know, eventually the reptilian interbred with them, and their children interbred with them, and then that eventually the gray's children, in bed and then, then you really came up with the species you have today. And then somewhere along the line, Rh negative popped into being, you know, somewhere around thirty-five thousand years ago. Poof, magically, Rh negative didn't exist for two million years, but all of a sudden, boom! What, what up, Mother Nature? What this is about? So that's another show too, but. So another way, but by the way, that we try contactees, <clears throat> it's why it was invented, to help us find contactees. It always amazes me when I hear people talk about it who try to act like it's their theory or, or work with it, and they don't even know why the hell it was made, why we decided to do it, what, what was its goal, its purpose, uh, what were we actually looking for? We were looking for shortcuts to find contactees. We were looking for ways to find random groups so we could study the group and see if there was ways to tell inside those particular groups uh, that they were contact Ds. We really thought it was going to be like A positive and R and A O positive were going to be like 60% of it, but it wasn't. So it was, it was, it was well, let would just say it was strange to, to say the least. But so you have these dreams. You start waking up at night. You're waking up in the morning. You're telling your spouse, um, you know, honey, I think I'm being taken by aliens. Your wife's looking at you like, yeah, there yeah, boy, yeah, really? Let's go see my uncle. You know, he's a psychiatrist and let's see what he has to say. <laughs> You know, today, <clears> though, <throat> you might get a psychiatrist that might go, Well, he might be being taken by aliens. So. But anyway, you know, this, this drove people to go underground, to hide from it, to try not to look for it, to try not to understand it, not, to try to keep it out of their lives. One of the things we teach abductees is how to incorporate this into your life because it's part of your life and it's a lifelong thing, unless you're one of the ones that get dropped. And if you do, grateful to you and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, but for the rest of them, it's not. It's it's a lifelong thing, and there are advantages to it. Remember, they don't take anybody. If you're not, when you know you're being taken, you know for a fact that you're at least empathic, more than likely telepathic, but at least empathic. So these abilities you can use in your everyday life. I use them. I know a lot of people who use them. What do you mean? Just because you're telepath don't mean you're a contact. Yeah, I disagree with that. I don't think random people have a, a latent telepathic abilities. I can prove it. I've done many, many tests on this. It's not even a hard thing to do. Anybody can do this. Print you out a sign that says psychic testing being done today. Okay. Go to a mall, ask permission, and it's a two-card test. It's it's just just child's play. Red and blue, yellow and green, green and red, whatever colors you feel like using. You put them down. You look at the individual, and you say, okay, I'm going to see if you can read my mind or if I can think it over to you so the red's on the right the yellow's on the left guy goes red on the left and eh, red on the left eh, 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 eh. so what happens is, is is they don't even get 50 50 most of the time that's what freaks me out you know I, I had talked to a few people who have done this kind of testing before and it's if you sit there and flip a coin most humans will not get it right 50 50 you'll get it right 35 65 40, 60, stuff like that. But they rarely get it 50-50. Hardly anybody gets it over 50-50 unless you're, well, in that case, you wouldn't be uh, clairvoyant. Well, if you knew where the quarter was going to land ahead of time, you'd be clairvoyant because you'd be seeing the future. So, yes, that's a little bit different. But uh, telepath, you know, a good telepath, even a crappy telepath can sense the cards. It's interesting because, you know, you'll get somebody, this is a true story, we're, we're doing this test, and this lady comes up with her 12 year old daughter. And when she sits down, she says, Can she do it? And I'm like, Sure, why not? And I'm uh, sitting there with two other people. And I put the two cards. And before I even said anything, she goes, Blue, Yellow. I uh, picked them up and <laughs> said, Damn. <laughs> so I put, I got two different cards. I said, not even put them down. She goes, Orange, Purple. Flipped them over. I'm like, This kid got every card right. Uh, she, she didn't miss any of the cards. It was weird. So we even bumped it up to three or four. She just, she was really good at it. And uh, she was picking up. He, More than likely, she was picking up on my thoughts, one of the other people's thoughts. But it was interesting to watch this kid because, you know, she had never been taught that this wasn't real, that this was bad. You know, it's a lot easier to believe in things when you're younger than when you're older. You know, you're taught telepath, that's nothing real. Come on, there's no such thing. Even though the U.S. Air Force and the U.S. Navy came out and said, oh, we have a telepath, uh, telepath program. They closed a remote viewing and opened a telepath program. Oh, we're going to spend billions of dollars and it doesn't exist. I don't know. They must have found something that intrigued them somewhere along the line. Then you notice you never hear anybody talk about it. It's always quiet. Shh. We don't have no telepaths. We're not listening to Putin's crazy ass. No, we're not. Mm -hmm. Shh. Shh. No way. No way. Uh, Sorry. It's just, you know, and. More than likely, if, if they are an abductee or, or, I mean, if they are a telepath, they're more than likely an abductee or a contactee. It's interesting because I noticed the people who do the military abductions use uh, contactees. And what they, they find the ones that are willing to do stuff with them, and they work with them. Because if, if you can use um, sodium anathol, sodium pentothal, somebody with a, that can do like a hypnosis, a telepathic hypnosis, you can pretty much put anything you want in their head. Or erase anything you want in their head without any real damage or even much swish wash for anybody to notice. Maybe that's why they wanted them. I think their main reason they wanted them was is uh it's easier. So with a remote viewer, they could find like the launch site, they could even find the missile, but they really couldn't see the launch code. Well, you know what? The telepath can't. Well, oh, hey, how what you doing today? He's talking to the guys, the guy looks down up oh, there's a the launch code, you got it. Yeah, well a board clue whatever it might be and, and telepaths can get in your heads so they can find stuff like that once they're in your head so you know is there a range i doubt there's a range i think the range would be the person's own belief in their own abilities from people i've met over the years that's that's my personal observation though there. there's no proof to it uh, I, not as far as i know there's no scientific proof to it no. there's none at all so you know like i said going back to and manifesting your dreams and Weird smells, weird sounds, weird sights sometimes just set you off. Things that would not normally bother you, like um some rides where they shut like a cage door and you flip you out. Uh laying on a doctor's table flips you out. Like I said, getting in the stirrups flips you out. Uh and when I mean flips you out, I mean flips you out. Oh yeah. If some of these kids, when they talk about some of this stuff, I mean it, they flip out. It's it's these are all signs that you've been taking. Now some of these signs that you've been taking by the aliens, some of these signs have been taken by the government. But if you haven't come public and the government gets you, that means you've been in type of, at least have had therapy of some sort or been in a middle institution, one or other, because uh, they track that. If someone comes in and says they've had contact like that, they track that out of computers. Oh yeah, they source that. Because they're looking for answers just like we are. They're trying to get to the truth. You know Why are the aliens? The aliens are telling them, Jack. They're like, you know what? We're here. There's not much you can do about it. Kiss my happy ass. That's pretty much how the greatest reptilian humans look at it. Well, that's even how tall whites at it every 53 look at it. Like, you know, what are you going to do? Really? What do you think, human? What, are you going to nuke your own damn planet? It's not even going to phase us, so. Kill a bunch of humans. It's, you know, they know they got us. You know, whatever they're doing here, they're doing. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, You know, I tell this to people all the time. They're not our friends, but they're not our enemies. Uh, they're really here. It, it's <clears throat> they're like this. This is their agenda. It's not our agenda, and it's not about us per se. We're part of their agenda, but their agenda is a long term, many, many life, many, 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 many human lifetimes, um, and they're just watching this go along. They're performing different kind of experiments now. From what I understand. Things have been progressing as far as types of experiments. It seems like some of the old stuff they've gotten away from, there's other stuff they're doing. It also seems like because they track family lines for so long, uh, they can actually observe how family works, how family system works, uh, what you can expect, how much of this is taught behavior, how much of this is genetic behavior. Because, you know, when you can watch the father and grandfather and great-grandfather and all the sons for 100 generations, you can kind of get an idea, you know, what's what's genetic and what's not. Um, same thing with females. It really doesn't matter what's sexual. I just, if you can see that far backward, and think about this, because the greys have such a long lifetime, so do human reptilians. The guy that's working on you, or the girl that's working on you, could be the same one that worked on your great grandfather removed 50 years, fifty times. You know, the one from 100,000 years ago, or the one from a million years ago. Uh, it could be the same gray hell you might be looking at you you know you look like a lot like your great 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 grandfather removed 100 times yes yeah that's kind of cool look at that yeah kind of like a replica or something is that a reincarnation are you the reincarnation and don't know it ah yes well i guess they would know because they would get to watch so they could tell you if reincarnation was real or not they could tell you if it followed family lines if it it branched out and did other things see because they've been observing us that long Uh, i know I'm not going to get a sip here, guys. Wait, who who said that? Coca-Cola does not pay me to drink their Cokes. Uh, I I wish they did, but they don't. No, they don't love me, though. What can I say? Brandon, what's that about? Well, women a lot of times will become hypersensitive about a lot of things, Men, well, also, but men trying to make it out to be something else because, okay, first off, no self respected in man uh, wants to think about an alien taking him and he was helpless, okay? Not including anything else that may go on, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that women can <clears throat> allow the emotion to come out easier than men can. Now, that's changed in the last 50 years, I got to tell you. When we first got into this, the male to female abduction ratio was probably, for every 100 females, it was probably 10 males. Maybe, might not have been 10, it might have been 5. And through, up until the 90s, to stayed true. And then all of a sudden, early 90s, it started changing. We started seeing more and more men coming forward about their experiences. And of course, their experiences, with the exception of um, some of the medical stuff, are almost identical to what the women experiences were. Um, it was strange when you listened to them, and you know all of a sudden it was more and more, but still today it's about seventy thirty It's about thirty percent of the males have come forward about seventy percent of the females. Now this isn't the amount of abductees or contactees on the planet. this is the people who have come forward, which somewhere at one to two percent of the abduction population have actually come forward or or know they've been taken would be a better way of saying it yeah, so you can you can kind of see how large the population is, but and again, they don't take everybody every day. So you say, what? 1.5 billion people. That's a lot of people. Well, first off, out of that 1.5 billion people, uh, probably 750 million of them haven't been taken and won't probably ever be taken again. Out of the rest, there's a lot of aliens and there's a lot of ways to break it up. And not everybody gets taken every day for every reason. I mean, sometimes it's once a month. Uh, the older you get, unless you're a keeper, it starts to spread out. If you're a keeper, it stays true. It still be you know every every week or two, every yeah you know, maybe every three, uh, depending on what your involvement is. But they've got a program, and the longer you stay with them, first off, the more information you get. Also, you get to see so much more stuff. You know, you don't really hear about the the preteens or or the teenagers, or even the ones going through puberty, even the ones in their 20s, really talking about the big ships. You only really hear them talking about being taken, some of the stuff being done to them. Some of the younger kids remember being in playrooms, but they don't really remember the big ships. But man, the people in their mid-30s and up do. And they talk about these things, and they're fabulous. Um, I mean, they're huge, larger than our moon. And they're just fabulous. From what I understand, they got every damn thing you can think of in them. Upside-down waterfalls, well... Depends which point of view you're on, which side of the ship you're on, or which way you're coming up and down. You know, there's no gravity in space, so you, it doesn't really matter. Well, I've heard, you mean like a Dyson sphere? I don't, I don't know if that's what they are, but, um, I haven't to, heard anybody say about the sun's inside of them, so. Yeah, well, a Dyson sphere would have a sun inside of them. It's the, the, the outer shell is where everybody lives. It's built around a small star. Oh, these sound more like just ships, just very large, massive crap. Uh, well, the greys grow their ships, so I don't I don't know. Even their big ones. Yeah, they, they have some type of – yeah, they're very advanced. And because of that, because they grow them, their ships seem to be sentient, and they seem to have some type of – the greys seem to be in contact with them. It's almost like uh, they're assigned to each other. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's weird. Yeah you know what crease that's right it sounds a lot like babylon five like the Vorlons. it sounds a lot like that matter of fact the very first time i ever saw babylon five and i seen that i was like well shit this guy must be an inductee oh i have no doubt that gene Roddenberry was or knew somebody who was steven spielberg too spielberg when he did um when he did the, that miniseries taken for 10 weeks there was stuff in there that had to come from someone inside one of the major organizations. Some of that stuff, he'd had to know somebody who really had, had been involved in it pretty deep. Like the way the grays move and the way they work. Because grays can, gravity doesn't affect the grays anywhere. It doesn't matter where they are space, ground, land. They go up the walls. It's like they're like ants almost. And they're very strong, way stronger than we are. A little three, three and a half foot gray is like, I don't know, 10 times stronger than we are. A big one, I don't even want to think about it. Uh I don't know, they look frail and brittle to me, but uh they throw a man around like he's a potato it's like, that. I'm 250. They toss me around like I'm a little puppy. Uh no. So I mean when you when you're male or female and you're going to doctor visits, you start getting creeped out about things that you're not normally scared of, like you're you're getting the MRI and it freaks you out, but it's not something you would usually be scared of. You know, start start writing your dreams down. Get up in the morning. Get a journal, put it aside your bed, and every morning, if you do anything else, write it down. For a while, it'll seem like jibber jabber, but eventually, uh, some stuff will start making sense. You'll you'll start to see a progression of things together. Or keep keep section notes so that uh, about events that happen in the dreams that way. If you talk to an, an investigator, um, not an experienced investigator, um, he may be able to explain to you what's going on reason I say not experience, you should always talk to experiences because you share experiences, but don't ever use an experience to, to judge your experience. And what I mean by that, it's it's like taking your artwork, like your son or your daughter giving you artwork. You're always going to think it's great. Even if it's not, you're always going to say it's great. But a, a real critic wouldn't They'd say, no, no, you need to work on this. So it's the same thing. You want the investigator to talk to the contactee because they're looking at it from, from an investigation point of view and not from being taken. So... Um, that way this you know, all the facts are getting out, not just the, the hickam or raw, the bullshit or whatever you want to call it. Um, because unfortunately that happens a lot of times. Well, because the human mind and brain don't always understand what's going on. So we, how can I say this politely make shit up? We just do. It's part of being in, it's part of being in this. You just, well, it's like when you look at clouds, then you start looking, oh, look at that, look at that. Yeah, well, but it is your brain's just making shit up. None of it's real. It's just making shit up. So in these cases, you just got to be careful because some things we just don't understand and we have to put it in a context that we do understand, which may may not be a correct context of what's really going on. I'm I'm just, you know, I'm trying (laughs) to, asshole. Um, But that's really the way it works. But I, always look to your dreams first. It's write them down. Pay attention to what's going on. And then next thing is senses and feelings. If if things that not normally would bother you set you off, try to see why. Program it when you go to bed at night. Say, okay, why is this stainless steel table freaking me out so bad? What is it about a stainless Just keep asking the question over and over and over and over and over. And uh, it's going to be in your brain. It'll pop out. Probably not going to like what you see, but it, it, it'll probably pop out. Well, in the Gray's case, um, it looks like water bubbling out of the floor. It, more, like a, more like a liquid plastic, it looks like. It comes bubbling out of the floor. It starts to make a column. It rises up about waist high. Well, if it's a three-foot alien, it's actually shorter, but usually five or six-foot so It's about waist high to a human. Uh, and then when it, it stops and then it starts to spill over, and it stretches out probably about six and a half feet, maybe seven feet long, and probably 24, 28 inches wide. And then they just kind of touch you, and you just float upward, lay down on it. And as soon as your body makes full contact, it bubbles up around your entire body. Um, and instantly it goes in your ears, your eyes, your nose, everywhere. But you can breathe, you're not dying, you're not choking. Uh, you're not smothering. You're not hot or cold. Uh, it, it just has you there. You're not moving or going anywhere, but it has you there. And then um, usually, um, I don't know what you'd call it, a device comes out of the wall. The walls are smooth, too, so it's weird. So the, the gray just looks at the wall, and then a hole opens up, and this thing comes out. And as the thing gets closer and closer to the table, more and more little gadgets come out on this little thing until finally it gets over you, and these little tentacle things come out, they go up your nose and the sides of your eyes and your ears and your mouth, down your throat, and other places we don't want to mention on the radio. Now, um, I've never really heard this happen to anybody more than once, but it does seem to happen a lot. I mean, at least it does seem to happen to almost all the contactees and abductees somewhere, usually in their 20s somewhere. It doesn't sound like a pleasant experience, uh, but they do use that table for other things when they bring you in to hold you down. Whatever this plasma is, it, it's completely interactive with you it doesn't harm you in any way and most people just like the blue plasma they say they feel rejuvenated when they get out of the plasma field maybe it's a side effect of it I, I don't know it's a good side effect of whatever it is well the blue plasma they say when humans have rough abductions or have rough training they immerse them in the blue plasma they help them regenerate faster Uh, there's lots of stuff that the blue plasma they say it's fuel for the gray ships it's a self-replicating fuel it grows it, it feeds the ship but somehow It somehow it feeds itself off the ship it well and grows the grays can use it as food they just absorb it like an osmosis through their skin it's one of the reasons we didn't realize in the beginning why we'd get the same facial body descriptions of grays but sometimes it would be this color that color by the way none of them are gray uh, or this color that color the other color um mm-hmm. And we couldn't figure out why. Well, for the, the gray ones, what would you call the gray ones? When they're if you just feed, they look like a very rich, deep cobalt blue, almost glowing kind of cobalt blue. And then as it goes out, they become kind of gray looking, and then they come kind of clear, almost looking, whiteish clear. But they have tr- three true colors, which is blue, white, and brown, was abduction criteria forever. And they generally have about three sizes. Well, really four if you count the queen. They seem to have the uh, the three foot guys who are three or three and a half foot. They got the ones that are five to six foot. They have what we call the seven. They're seven, seven and a half feet, maybe even eight feet. They're like escorts to the queen. And then there's a queen, and she's somewhere around nine foot. That's just a general description that several abductees and contactees have given. Um, but the problem is I don't think they've ever seen it physically. I think they just were in a gray's head and saw it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they've actually, yeah, f- would you let some crazy Yumi up by your queen? I'm just thinking about that. You know, why would the queen be here and not wherever they're from? It, it just, you know, well, we know with the reptilians, they have genetic memory. So we know that contactees experience genetic memory. Sometimes they, they have dreams of events. But they know they were there, but they weren't actually there because they couldn't even be there. It was an event that happened you know, thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago. Um, just weird and strange stuff like that. But abductees have a hard time because when this first start manifesting, you just, you know, who do you tell? Who do you talk to? Is there any real answers on the internet? There are some. aware of charlatans. Beware of idiots. Beware of people who want to make money off of you. Uh, but there are answers out there. But you know, once once the dreams start, and once the manifestations of weird stuff starts, where you know things are setting you off, or scaring you, or making you jumpy, or whatever, and then you start having these synchronicities of sights, sounds, and smells, clocks every time you look at them are certain numbers. Uh, they're always on whatever 222, 111, 333, No matter what time you look at them, they're always there. Uh, there's just a lot of little things that start to click in. Um, you'll you'll start you'll start sensing things. You'll be walking down a hallway or walking into a walkway where it's like a, this weird tunnel, and it'll set off a memory or a dream, things like that. Generally, either you're going crazy or you've had contact, one or the other. Should you go to a psychologist? That is your call, because most psychologists are going to think you're nuts. You could be nuts. That's the problem. You really could be or you could be a contactee an abductee. So, you know, most contactees and abductees lead normal everyday lives. That's, that's one of the things we're going to we'll talk about real quick is learning how once you come to terms with this, once you know this is happening to you, the next phase is just really incorporating this into your everyday life. Understanding that this could happen at any time and that things are going to get weird. Uh, but, you know, depending on what age you are, it might even be a good kind of weird. So they take you, you go do your business, they bring you back, and you're back to everyday life. It's two lives. It's a double life. But you can learn how to live both. And by learning how to live both, you, you're allowed to retain much more information from the, the other. Well, some things that they would not normally let you remember, they may let you remember because you're, no, you're not a threat anymore. They don't think you're going to run to the government and say, oh, no, 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 no. no, You know they know actually you're not, so they don't worry about it. They know that you really are working for whatever these agendas that they're working for. You're actually working towards that. So they allow you to remember more. And when you're on the ships, you're allowed to remember way more. Well, one of the problems for humans is we have a little tiny brain. Just compared to the galactic, okay? Eventually, i will get there, but right now it's a little tiny brain compared to theirs. So they, for us, not just other species, when they're on board the ships, you have storage on, on the ship's computers what the storage for them is is anything you want you can learn anything you want it can be uploaded or downloaded into your brain instantly so you can even take something out put something in like if you need a special skill for something but your brain is like clogged up you can actually have something removed put this in and then remove it and put the other one back for greys it's just a place to access stuff because their brains way bigger than ours and they don't really need it but for us and other alien races it's a it's a cool thing well, you know, we got a huge terror, a couple of terabytes, but a couple of million terabytes, but still it fills up fast in a lifetime. There's lots of stuff, little little things, you know. Flicker of light, watching a candle, having dinner, all that stuff is in your memory. It's it's, it's fond memories for you and fun, but it's it's taking a valuable, you know, data space that you could be use and learn how to fly a spaceship or something. So. It's, oh, speaking of that, you know, someone could have told me that you could go immerse yourself in Star Wars at Disney now. So there's a, you can check into the Disney space, uh, uh, to the um, Star Wars store cruiser, get on board the cruiser, get a room, get in costume. They have all kinds of stuff going on on the cruiser and stuff. Yeah, the, the evil people board the cruiser and stuff. That sounds pretty cool, man. So for two people in a King Suite, uh, for two, it's always it's forty eight hours. That's how it's set for. Because so, well, they bring you. You land at. The, I mean, you get to the space dock. You get in. You got to be in by four. You get on board the landing craft. I mean, the uh, craft that takes you up to the spaceship. It flies you up to the spaceship. You hop in the spaceship. You go get checked into your room. They got dinner and all kind of stuff throughout the days and stuff. And uh, they have events all the time going on. You know, storyline. They got a couple of robots you can check in with The, bed. the rooms are cool It's a cool little setup You got um, windows in your in your bedroom So you can look out in the space and stuff I uh, know So two nights, five grand That ain't even a good room Yeah It's more like eight Two nights, Disney, eight grand Experience sounds fabulous It really does I don't know if it's an eight grand experience But <clears throat> it sounds fabulous and eight grand be a good down payment for a new boat, man. So I'm just thinking, which one do I want? <laughs> Two nights at Disney's and start. Hey, it sounds cool as hell. If it's the real thing, I'd do it, man. <clears throat> but I don't know. You mean you dress up like Obi-Wan Kenobi? You, you... Mm-hmm. no, um, I'll put my hair down, and dress up like quagga Jen. Yeah, see like see right here. <laughs> Yeah, just like Qui Gon. Uh, <clears throat> I know, huh? But getting back, I know we keep getting off topic here and changing topic and jumping around, but getting back to what we were talking about, you know, those things we mentioned earlier in the show are ways to know that you have been abducted or at least to help you start asking the right questions and looking for the right people. But more and more things are going to manifest. And it's not really easy to put the genie back in the frickin' bottle. Um, the more you look into this, the more you accept what's going on, the faster it comes to you. Um, and then uh, you'll, you'll start being conscious of some of the events, you know, some of the stuff that happens. Well, it's like catching something out the corner of your eye. Or being somewhere when something, an experience is going down, but you're not part of it, but because you've been part of so many, you're allowed to witness it because you're not a threat. Or because you're a keeper or a contactee or a communicator or something, you're allowed to watch it, to be part of it. And sometimes abductees and contactees are called to places to be taken, but sometimes they get more than what was expected. And what I mean by that is sometimes the, the call goes out and somebody's had already been taken or, or not supposed to be in this group that show up anyway. Well, they don't actually take y'all, but they let y'all, uh, participate as part of the loading parties or part of the people that monitor or help to keep them cracking up or getting upset or something. That's their jobs. It's interesting to, to think about it, but you know, when you, when these events are going on, you're aware of them, you see them, and then you're allowed to remember a lot of this. That's once you get past the abduction stage, but you know, so as you're fighting through being an abductee or finding out if it's real or not, again, find someone who's good. Is hypnosis always the answer? No. Hip, hypnosis. Hypnosis can be used for a lot of things, and it can be used to recover memories. I just prefer that you work with some people first and ask the right questions. And can can I um, can I, you know, talk to other contactees because a lot of times when you're talking to them, they'll say stuff that triggers memories. If that don't work, hypnosis is still there and it can be used. Uh, But remember, once it's out of the bag, it's out of the bag. There's no putting it back. So once we get into your head you know, and it comes out, you have to deal with it. I mean, that's how it is. By the way, we're going to give away some books tonight. We're giving away um, two writers of the future books of Volume 38 and Volume 37, uh, which I got around here somewhere. But we're giving them away only if you can tell me – let me light this up for a minute – so there's something next to the something next to the skeleton's head. See the skeleton head? Da, da, da. He's always there. That's been the gray. You know, he's, he's he bent over one time and the the lightsaber got him. But anyway, there's something next to the alien skull. And if you know what it is and you know it's its name, I will send you both books. I will do this for two people. Okay. So no, it's gonna you know Yeah, the first two people who get it right. Yes, the first two people who get it right. So, anyway, we got about a half hour before the end of the show. Uh, So, the first two people who get that right, uh, just be sure you send me your your contact information so I can send them to you. And I will send you one of Writers of the Future Volume 38 and one of Writers of the Future Volume 37. I got quite a few of them I'm giving away. Uh, You know, yes, we are giving away a couple of lightsabers this year, too, by the way. You want to see this one? Look. I know it's like having a little mini commercial here. (laughs) Die, Luke, you bastard. I am not your father.
0: He lied to you. Yes. You think it.
1: You're ugly little shit. <laughs> but if, again, if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> this is the Crown Royal. <laughs> oh, you can see that back there. <laughs> the Crown Royal is like two years old, man. That was, I got that out in LA about two years ago at a party. Um, we're not even going to get into that. Uh, so anyway, so if you get that, we go. We're good to go. But right quick... Um, you know, it it takes a little while, I'm not gonna lie to you, to, to really come to terms, to really to understand that you have been taken, it's 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 not just the facts that let you know, okay, look, this and this, this adds up to nothing else. I have to have been taken. It's the only thing you can be. Okay, that's true. It's probably and that probably helps you to get there. But you need more than that.
2: You're listening to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network.
1: Yes, the Twilight Zone interrupted right smack in the middle of the show. Uh, This lightsaber came from Fan X in Salt Lake City, Utah, is up there. Uh, done. I see when look at, it. I see a couple people asking me about it. Yes, this one's being given away, by the way. Uh, along with, um, oh, I can't you think of his name now? The last bad guy. We're also going to give away Ray's and Obi Wan Kenobi's. Oh, what's his name? You know, ones that came out on the side. I can't think of his name for some reason right now. Han Solo's son. Bzzz. This, this one, by the way, so you know what you're getting. It's very beautiful. They're expensive little bastards, too, by the way. Uh, these are gifts from the manufacturer. This has the fighting sword on it. And the reason why is, is the original one that came with it, if you smacked up against something, it would break. These are the ones because they have contests. They go fight these damn swords. <laughs> they go out there and fight with each other. And uh, they won't break that way. Well, you know, the cheap ones were about one hundred and thirty dollars. Expensive ones were up around five hundred, uh, and they had every every handle that uh, ever been in any Star Wars movie anywhere. Uh, so, so, yeah, so yes, we're gonna we're gonna give those away. Oh, I didn't give out my email, I-C-A-R dot net. Sorry, yes. So just write to me there. Okay, look, I'll even cheat for y'all. Okay, so you know. Now, if you watch this show, you know what kind of gun it is. And you know its name. But you have to know its name to win. If you don't know its name, you can't win. Yeah, you never know what's on that shelf. Different things on that shelf all the time. Those books back there are all the great philosophers. All their writings are back there. You can read them. Uh, Matter of fact, later in the year, you'll have to give me one of those books' names to win. That means, that means work, going to full screen, zooming in and stuff. Yes, we're going to give away a lot of stuff this year. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what this is right here? Uh-huh. Look at that old clock. Oh, look at that baby girl right there. Oh, I thought she was a girl. Damn. See, these are different Writers of the Futures books over here. Um, but I got about 300 books in the house, courtesy 200 from Writers of the Futures, by the way. Uh, we'll be giving them away as well. The best piece of advice I can give to an abductee is think about who you're going to tell this to. Be very careful. Uh, take your time going through the awakening process. Don't rush it. Uh, realize that you are an empath or a telepath, so use those abilities. Uh, start to understand that you have the abilities and use them. Well, like different people in the organizations, they use them for closing deals and uh, getting their way on different things and knowing how someone's going to react to something ahead of time uh it's always a nice it's a nice gift so these are gifts that all abductees and contactees have so you can learn how to use them but take your time with this find someone look around in the field and and and, you know ask the right questions and find someone who can help you really be careful there's a lot of people out there just looking for their next book Yes, well, if you if you go look at some of the, the really famous ufologists, you'll notice that they'll all have at least one abductee or someone like that who has written a book that they championed. Yes. But so you know this, and you can go listen to Wake Up USA if you don't believe me. Uh, for the first two years I was on Wake Up USA, every ufologist in the field, everyone, hated on me when I talked about alien abductions. Paula Harris went and talked to me for two years because I, I dropped a bombshell on her one time about alien abductions on a show. She got mad at me. I, I ran into it the Roswell 60th anniversary we made up, but still. Uh, it's just how it is, guys. And then all of a sudden, every one of them had one abductee. They were champion. And they haven't had any more since then. But, you know, they have. Uh, well, the more sensational, the better for them. See... That's why I don't do conferences, because mine would be boring. Mine would be about the truth and what real information's out there and, and really good speakers who really do their homework and really think about it. Most of the speakers I see today are very new agey and really don't understand any of this. And the rest of them really haven't done their homework. A lot of them written books, but they've written books about one thing or another thing. Not, nothing, nothing with any depth to it. I've been trying to write a book... To put this in perspective, I was in uh, Rise of the Futures last year, and just April, I was out there. And uh, while I was there, I managed to get twelve thousand uh, words out on the uh, Golf Breeze experience. But man, this is probably a hundred thousand word thing. And, uh, I don't, and since I'm at home, I haven't been able to write a word. I know, I know. It's it's one of those things. I guess I should. I guess I should find a ghostwriter and do it that way. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We talk about having another show. Also, if you notice weird marks, feel weird things on your skin that are there and they're not there. Uh, sometimes there'll be a little triangle. Just they won't. They usually won't be like um, cuts or anything. They'll be healed, or they'll be just like pinpricks. Um, but they will be marks. Sometimes it'll even be handprints. If, you know, some men, some women struggle and fight and sometimes you'll find like prints around the arm, prints around the thigh, inside the thigh, around the calf, stuff like that. Because something grabbed you hard and held on while you were kicking and screaming like a maniac, trying to get the bleep, 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 bleep away from the bleep, bleep, bleep and aliens. Um, Wouldn't you want to run? It's our human nature to haul ass, isn't it? Run, you son of a bitch, run. But it, that's just the start of knowing that you're an abductee. By going through these different things we've talked about tonight, it kind of helps you to know that it's time to find someone to work with. Don't go through this by yourself. Don't don't do what so many of the old abductees and kind of the, the baby boomers and the ex-geners have had to go through. A lot of them went through this alone until they ran across people like me and other people in the like field like Javon Smith, Melinda Leslie, people like that. Karina Sables or other contactees and abductees that really, Narea um, Mary Delicata, people like this were out there to help you. They're not into it to make money. They're out, to want to help you. Whether you agree with their personal experiences or not doesn't so much matter that you do know they've been taken and that's their experience and this is your experience, but they can help you with your experience. And it's someone to talk to that doesn't think you're effing loony. I have noticed something, though, it started happening in the late 90s and is, is more prevalent in the 2000s. It seems like more and more of the abductees we find today, the spouse is an abductee too. In the early days, it wasn't like that. This was a major contention for divorce. Um, I can't tell you how many original abductees I met that got divorced and then met somebody online that turned out to be a contactee. It's weird. goes back to what we were talking about earlier when, when we show up at conferences and people recognize each they've never seen each other before. They're so like, holy shit, who is that? Where'd they come from? Hmm. Oh, he, oh, John, I'll tell you right now. November 8th uh, from about 5 p.m. till midnight. Uh, about eight of the hosts in the network will be up and crewed up uh, for the political. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll be all going all night, just like we do on all major political events. Hmm. We do all the elections, the, the president elections and the midterm elections. Oh, yeah, I caught the way to the mind. I'm either going to be crying or jumping for joy. Won't know until then, though. No, we don't, we're don't. we not going to get into that. We don't talk, really talk about this on that show. But uh, tune in to Centralist this Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. We will be discussing it then. Yes, that's why it's called the Centralist. I'm not even going to repeat that. I'm not. Um, who? Oh, I didn't even see Mike wrote that down there, Kyle Wren. Yeah, see, he's got a cool ass lightsaber. We're going to have that one given away. Obi Wan's We're given away. Uh, the one that's behind me and, um, and Ray's we're going to give away. Um, if, if they'll give us, like, these these are going to be, they're, they're giving these out um, for, for advertisement. They're advertising with the network. And these are things that they're going to give out for the advertisement on the network. The lightsabers are great. Uh, you know, I didn't ask him. I'll ask if you can get the ones, if they're going to come with the fighting sticks because they are extra for the fighting, fighting uh, ends than the non- I will whack you in the head with the lightsaber, buddy. I've been thinking about hooking it up so I can run like a taser charge up it. Yeah, I got an idea to do that, and just put a contact on each end, put like a 600 volt taser on it, and, and when you turn on the light, it turns on taser. So when you swing it, it will go. And when it hits your ass, <laughs> Yes, I'm evil. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Um. No, Luke, I am not your father. You're a bastard, Luke. Sorry. Oh, did I say that again? I apologize. Being an abductee sucks in the beginning. You're alone. You're scared. It's it's. You don't know what the hell to do, who to turn to. Again, there's a lot more information today than there used to be. Get on the internet. You can always write to me. I can always try to help put you in touch with somebody that might be able to help you out. Um, right now, we're... No. You mean for ICAR? No, no, we don't have as many directors as usual. We, how can I say this nicely? We're in the middle of changing around the organization. So we did some house cleaning earlier this year. About half the staff is going. Well, they were just keeping space. I mean, they do stuff from time to time and they still do stuff for us. But, you know, you really you can only keep the really active ones. So. Everybody's pretty bitch booked up for at least six to seven months out at a time right now, somewhere around about two years out. So, you know, I do so much. We, well, we get way more reports than we used to. Well, yes, I did rewrite the Betty and Barney Hill case. No, we're not going to talk about that. I will do a whole show on that in the future, uh, or maybe I'll do a, a, a group of a group of um, cases that we rewrote. What do you, oh, wait. Here, look. See, there it is. I didn't know I took it off my shoulder. Yeah, look. See how cute it is. No, what a doofus. <laughs> I'm sorry. What state do you think is is the most UFO reports? Ooh, what's the best time of day for UFO? Most reports are given somewhere usually around seven, six to seven p.m. That's because people are out that time. It's summertime. July is the best month. But what state? Is it California? Big state. Is it New York? Is it Texas? Is it Florida? Well. To be totally honest with you about this, it all depends on which UFO reporting site you go to. There's Peter Davenport's, uh, there's MUFON's, and there's a couple of them out there. Besides that, we don't do we don't track UFOs. We don't have to. other organizations do it for us. No need no need to track UFOs. Uh, California, July. Well, California got forty million people in it. Can't mm-hmm. you can't. And there's a lot of weird shit goes on in California. Well, um, I was out about, oh God, about nine years ago. We were driving across the state, in the middle of the state, actually. Well, not quite the middle of the state. Kind of lo- a little south, southern, a little south past the middle of the state. We were coming out, I think it was Reno or somewhere. Anyway, we are cruising along and we were trying to drive on an angle across right, right below the middle of the state and kind of we angled our way down Highway 1 and then drive down to L.A. And we're cruising along. We've seen these two, one big-ass, beautiful, blue, glowing hunk of plasma. Looks like something out of a movie just comes. And then here comes a pink one, about twice its size doing the same thing. So I'm thinking, uh-oh, are we getting ready to get probed, taken? What the bleep is going on here? What the hell is going on here? Uh, should we even be involved in this? Should we just punch it and get the hell out of here? What the hell is going on? So I'm trying to get on a phone with a friend of mine. My phone is just flipping out, which, oh my like, oh shit. We get up the road a little ways. My phone comes back on. Uh, and all this, it, it really felt intense. Like you could almost feel the energy like crackling as it went up past you. And so I got hold of a friend of mine who got hold of a friend of his. And uh, it's something that happens out there. It's, it's, I guess the plates are rubbing together right there and it creates these plasma bottles. They were badass looking. I didn't know what they were. I'd never seen one before. I mean, you know, I've been out in the swamp and there's swamp gas going on and people think they're like ghosts. And it kind of does look like ghosts because there'll be different colors and it'll be kind of smooshing and squishing and squeezing between the trees. But it looks like it's alive. It's just the wind pushing it through the trees, but it looks alive. Uh, so I could kind of understand that. That was that was badass. There was a name, uh, official name for them, but uh, it's been so long I forgot. But it was cool to see him uh, And there are a lot of weird things in Cali um, That's like, I was driving into Roswell For the, I f- oh, was at 50 It was two years before the 60th So 58th anniversary of Roswell I'm cruising, i 58th of year of Roswell I'm cruising in, I'm coming out of Lubbock, Texas Cruising down this road, this two lane highway Going up and down and you get to the top and you can see these little like towns And villages tucked in in different places Because it was dark outside, and the lights We come over one of these hills and this thing it, it almost looked like it was going to hit the car. It was so close to the road. It was like out, like a scene out of damn Close Encounters. It rocked the car when it went over it. Uh, so there was like six of us in the car. Everybody's got their heads out the window with cameras. Just snapping away, phones snapping away. And not a damn thing was on any of them. So we're going down. So I just stopped. We're going down the hill, so I just stopped. Turned the car around and punched it. Went back up the hill. And right as we crested, this thing came back the other way. It felt like it was trying to push us down. It was it was weird because it went by so fast that the car and we were in a, um, a, a Nissan Armada. Actually, it, it felt like the damn thing was trying to be pushed back down the hill. So I stopped, turned back around, punched it again. And This thing's got big old V eight, three hundred five horsepower V eight. I am cruising along, trying to catch up with this thing, and and then uh, I still remember this in front of my attachment. say, Joe I said, "Joe, we're like eight miles from Roswell. Slow down, you. We're gonna haul you in jail." So I slowed down and we hit Roswell. And uh, somebody had reported seeing this glowing plasma thing floating down uh, Main Street. I don't know if that's what we, I don't know what the hell we saw. And it was weird because when we left, a friend of mine, Jason Wilson, was when we, when we left, we got, we were getting near this military base. When these white plasma things come shooting off, it looked like off one of the runways, just right over the top of our head, like, I don't know what the hell it was. It happened a couple of times. I had no idea what the hell we seen that night. Or the night going in, I have no idea what we seen. It was, it was weird. And then I was in uh, Stevensville for the Stevensville conference. I was down there doing a little debunking. And um, I was talking with Jason and I started snapping just random pictures in the dark. And we got this weird three-star thing kind of tilting and shimmering and moving. Don't know what the hell it was, but it was near the uh, Stevensville nuclear power plant, whatever it was. It was creepy the pictures up on probably on facebook you'd have to probably scroll back like 18 years but not that long but still it is kind of crazy well johnny we got, we got time for a couple more questions but just when you when you again when you when you start seeing these in your dreams pay attention to your dreams write your dreams down write your dreams down write your dreams down Pay attention when you freak out. If you have any kind of vent that sets you off or creeps you out it flips you out, be sure you also write that down as well and stop and try to see if you smell something weird, ozone or something. Try to every information you can get out of that experience that may have set you off. See what it is that set you off because sometimes it's sight sounds and smells that set people off. Smells do it a lot. We're more acceptable smells. smells. It's something that really tunes us in quicker. Um, so sometimes people will recognize the smell and will send them back into a memory. They'll be like, what the f... What's that? So these are all things that can easily bring you to... Mir- Jesse, okay. What time we got? I don't know who told you, but it is true. Um, one of the original tarot designs I made, I don't know, Jesus, 30, 35 years ago. It's about 35 years ago. It's a, it's a tarot layout for tarot cards. It's very advanced. It's not for rookie tarot readers. Uh, hey, Chad. Uh, I'm going to make it public. It was very private or something that a group of witches put together. Um, the the cards that were originally made from were what they call a like cat guards, these people got more blood and wax on than you could even imagine. Um, but it was a very – the design is to give the reader the ability to give someone a very serious, very informed reading other than like a Celtic cross or something along those lines. It's It's really for a more advanced – Level reader, but I'm, I'm going to make it public. I probably will do it first on TikTok, but I'm going to make it public. I mm, don't you know. What do you mean? Why it took me so long? Because it's mine. That's <laughs> why, asshole. Uh, I used it. I don't. I don't use it anymore. Well, I can't say I should never use it, but um, not like I used to. Well, I used to read at a place called the Bottom of the Teacup in the Rue the French Quarter, right across from the main libraries. You know, I'll go down there and read some cards for some people. These rich, famous people come in from Hollywood and Hollywood. Can you read my cards, man? I said, Yes, I can read your cards. Sit down. Can you read my tea leaves? Oh, yeah, I can read them too. It's, um, but we used to do a lot of readings. We used to get paid to do a lot of readings. And, and even when I left there, we were still getting paid to do a lot of readings. And, and I wasn't personally satisfied with the way. The amount of information that was coming out of readings. So I had a friend of mine who was with um the Tree of Life people and he gave me a call one day and some Wiccans we knew, we got together and we all sat down along with a coven from the city and um uh, I did this original layout and I said, I like the way it spreads, but we need to figure out what everything's gonna represent and what it means. So we did. It took, I don't know, a couple of months. Uh and it's a great way to read cards. Oh yes. Very informative, um, easy. <laughs> what do you mean, up or down? It's That's entirely up to the reader. I read them both ways because, to me, they have two different meanings. But for some people, they don't. Some people just read the card for what the card is, whether it's up or down. For me, because I was taught to read uh, way, way, way back in the day by also Carly's um, grandson, I read both ways. Yes, because... Well, it's just because the card's upside down doesn't always make it negative. About half the time it is, though. Uh, and it's not always a major negative, but it, and it also depends on what the card is. Yes, a really good card can be a really bad card upside down. Yes, it can be. Uh, so that's what you you want me to teach people how I read cards? No, 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 no. Most tarot readers I know are not nowhere near ready to to read at the level I do. No. Well. You know why I gave up, tarot? You want to know the truth? Because I didn't need him anymore. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to use him anymore. I um, I was somewhere and this individual walked up and he touched my hand. And when he did, I seen like four years of his life, just complete. So I just babbled it off to the guy. And it happened again, like two days later. And then I was getting ready to read someone's tarot card. And the lady reached over and she handed me a card. She touched the top of my hand and I seen it. So I just, I asked her a bunch of questions. I said, has this, 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 and this, this happened to you? And she's like, why the hell do you know that? And so I, I seen that and I had seen the future. So I, I just laid it out. So to all of these people I'm talking about, everything that I told them actually came to pass exactly the way I told them. It, it still freaks me out even a day. So from time to time, when I meet someone, it doesn't always work, by the way. But when I meet someone, a lot of times, um, if it's something it's meant to be given, if they touch me, man, they don't even have to touch me sometimes. It just... I don't even know how to explain it. I don't even know where it comes from. It's not like a hear, a sign, a sell, a smell, a sight. It's none of that. It's just there. It's like, it's like somebody just downloaded that whole entire packet into my head, and there it is. I don't even know how else to explain it to you. Mm. It's very interesting. I don't use it that much anymore. Because I don't, I don't, because some of the work I'm into these days doesn't afford me the time to do that anymore. Well, my day job, especially right now, because we're slow. So it means I got to get out, hustle my ass off and find some work. Um, Unless I want to move to Florida. It's, um, you know, it just doesn't inform your time. The radio station takes up a lot of my time. iCar takes up a lot of my time. And my day job takes up a lot of my time. Um, And we don't ask for donations or anything. So, Mm, I know. Well, the station pays for itself at least now. So it was making a pretty good profit there for a while, but now it's just paying for itself again. But as long as it's paying for itself, it'll stay around. Yes. If you feel that way, you should contact someone. If you're having those experiences um, and you and you're seeing things, you know, a lot of times the grays can be aggravating and playful. So it can reptilians and humans, but so sometimes you'll see them like peek around a corner, peek over the foot of your bed. You know, if you got one of them tall poster beds, they'll peek over the top of it and shit. You'll see them looking into your room and stuff to see if you're awake or not. Even though they have the equipment to know the are, I think they just do it to F around. Or when you wake up as you're passing through the wall and you can see, I guess it's the atoms of the wall as you're going through the makeup of the wall itself. Or when you get outside and you're floating up to the ship or you're blue lighted up to the ship. I don't know. Some of it sounds like teleportation, some of it just sounds like levitation. Yeah. Some of it just sounds like they're they're they have the way to shift molecules and walls and stuff, but but it does seem like it's just pulling you a beam's pulling you through and then a beam's pulling you up. That sounds like some type of anti gravity or something. Mm, I don't know. But again, take your time, find someone who can work with you. The most important thing is not to rush yourself in this. Don't let it make you crazy. Okay. It's going to flip you out, but listen to stuff like what I'm saying tonight, you know, or catch me up one night and I'll do one of the, one of the monotone voices for you to help you out. But um, really and truly take your time, look up as much information as you can. Don't get lost. Only read what fits you personally. Don't worry about what's happened to Jane or Joe or Jack or gene or whoever. Only worry about you. Deal with what you're going through. If you find a support group, don't let them change the way you believe in your contact. Okay, find a researcher and express your contact to that researcher. Well, okay, you can always write to us and give us your experience, and we will put it in our database. But it may be, to be truthful, I'm not going to lie, right now it would probably be six or seven months before you get an uh, email back. I mean, you might get an automatic reply saying thank you for the email, but it'll be six or seven months. Now, there are shortcuts. If you know one of us, myself or somebody that you might know in an organization is traveling, and there are going to be places like I was in Dragon Con and I was at Fanex. if you would have caught me there, I would have talked to you about this. That's one of the reasons I go to these things. No, I went to Fanex to tell everybody I wasn't Luke's father. That's all. Nah, serious. But um, that's why. Well, so weird story. I'm in Colorado. I stop in this store. Wanting to buy something in the store, me and my wife. So my wife's talking to the guy behind the counter. And the guy says, this is your name, Joe. And then he says, can I have your autograph? He said, I'll give you a discount if you give me your autograph it's weird to me. Okay. It's not that I have never been asked my I have but It's, 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 I don't know. It's not something that ever happens to me every day. Usually I'm at work dealing with contractors or customers that have no idea. I do this. They have no clue. Unless for some reason I got brave and looked me up. Uh, they have no clue. And even if they did, they wouldn't care because as long as the price is good and the job is done right, they don't give a crap. Aliens could be probed me to moon and back. They wouldn't care. they are just going to care about their price of their job and, and what they think. Uh, they should be involved in. Well, you know, people are people. Aliens love me a long time. A really long time. It's um, I'm not exactly sure, you know, why people uh, want to deny this. I, I mean, I understand why, because it's scary and freaky, but it's easier to deal with it. Bring it out. You don't have to tell everybody in the world. Find some people you can trust and talk to them about it. Once, once you can talk about this and get it off your chest, you realize there are some advantages to this as well. There are some abilities that come out of this stuff that you can use to enhance your own life. Um, things can change for you. A lot of times I will find contactees that were headed for suicide or worse. Uh, I'm sorry, something worse than suicide, sorry. But suicide or imprisonment or... Put into a mental institution or somewhere along those lines, and uh, they'll find someone who will help them start to understand their experience, and that usually leads to finding someone who cares about them that's had experiences themselves, which sometimes leads to marriage or some other type of relationship. And these people become valuable citizens again; they start contributing to society. They're working. They've got their goals. They still do the alien stuff, but they're still doing whatever it is that makes them the ice cream man, the hair cutter, the politician, the judge, the lawyer. Whatever the hell they may be, they're still doing it. And that's the way it should be. If we can welcome every other crazy person in our society into our society, then what's one more? That's all I got to say about it. But I know we got to get out of here in a few minutes because we're running out of time. Uh, Michelle Roche will be coming up next. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Michelle, what are you doing, Michelle? Michelle Roche and Emilia Passano. Well, anyway guys on that note uh, Good night I hope to see everybody next week We're back like I said we're back on full time For a couple of weeks at least until uh, Christmas probably uh, We might be off for New Years but Well the station won't be off for New Years But I might be off for New Years So until then y'all have some fun I'll see y'all Friday night um, Bring your uh, no, bring your A game Friday Because we got a lot to talk about Including how New York is losing its freaking mind. Good night everybody And stay tuned for the Outer Realm
0: well, you drove out there into the
1: middle of nowhere and had some sort of loud verbal display challenging E.T. in general out oh, in the middle yeah, of nowhere? That's what I was doing. I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was
0: really ticked off. When I was having this fit, I, had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I
2: She never showed the truth to me. Are you little men? undercover with your host joe montaldo right here on the paranormal radio network